0: fix the roof while the sun is shining. So take care of these tasks while your business isn't in a crisis. And then you're going to have a lot more options and flexibility. If something good or something not so good comes along, you're going to be able to fall back on all that groundwork that you did ahead of time.
1: Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 595. Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I am so happy to have you here today, and I'm thrilled to be introducing our guest, Jerry Detweiler. Jerry is a credit and small business expert, and I want to tell you that before we even jump into the chat, that if you haven't been listening to the podcast for a while, you wouldn't know, but if you have been listening, you would know, I guess it's a very long way of saying that my family and I, over the course of my multiple entrepreneurial journeys, have had some financial struggles, and I've never tried to hide that. It's been a crazy roller coaster, and my credit score has definitely taken some wild rides. And if you keep on listening, yes, I will be sharing my credit score on this episode, which I know you might be thinking, oh my gosh, and let me tell you, it is not good, but you'll only know if you keep on listening. So with all that said, Jerry, welcome to the show. I am so happy to have you here.
0: I'm so happy to be here, Kim. Thank you.
1: Listeners, I want you to know, I asked Jerry before we started recording, I said, has any podcast host ever shared their credit score on an episode with you before?
0: And Jerry, your answer was? No. (laughs) That's incredible, Kim. That's incredible. What transparency?
1: Well, I just want everybody to know that it is a struggle maintaining some type of steady income so that we can pay those bills that really do affect our credit. Because let me tell you, that's something that we've become especially good at in our house is knowing what bills had to be paid so that they didn't affect our credit score, especially when we were trying to buy our house. And I would love to know if that is something that you've explored with your clients, because buying a house as an entrepreneur is a beast. It's like straight out of Wizard of Oz, a horse of a different color. It's one thing when you are employed by an employer, but it's a total other thing when you are self-employed. But before we even jump into all that, Jerry, would you mind sharing a little bit of your background and sharing how you got to where you are today?
0: Sure. I've been involved in credit education for a long time now. After college, I was in DC. I worked for a consumer group and worked on the legislation that gave consumers free credit reports, the legislation that told us what our credit card interest rate might be before we apply. In the old days, you would actually apply for a credit card, get it, and then find out how much it cost. So I had a really fun run. I wrote the first mass market book that talked about FICO scores back in the day. And so I've been answering a lot of credit questions over the years Heard a lot of stories and scenarios and challenges, which I love. I absolutely love to answer credit questions. And about 10 years ago, I was introduced to Garrett Sutton. He's my co-author for my latest book, Finding Your Own Business. He's a small business attorney, and he started sharing some of the challenges that his small business clients were having with credit, and especially around business credit and business financing. So we joined forces, wrote our book, Finance Your Own Business. And in the course of writing that book, I interviewed the CEO of NAV and ended up working there full time. So I'm now with NAV, which is very similar to Credit Karma, but for small business. And there I get to help entrepreneurs solve the credit challenges and get better financing.
1: So I've been bootstrapping my business for the last seven years. And while I've shared that on the podcast before, I don't think I've ever shared that it was out of necessity, (laughs) not because I wanted to. And maybe maybe I'm looking at bootstrapping the wrong way, but the only money that was invested in my business was the money that was earned. There have been no credit cards because to be totally honest, I couldn't get any. I racked up $100,000 in credit card debt in the business that I had a decade ago. And I'm sort of thankful for that, because I wasn't given the opportunity to do that again. I mean, I can't even imagine the stress that I would have if I had done that again.
0: Mm, Yeah. And I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs who either they've been through something or they don't they're really debt averse, you know, they were raised or, or just for whatever, they have a belief system that says, I'm not going to touch debt. And bootstrapping is great. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just at certain times, it may result in you either losing out on opportunities that might be available, if financing were available, Or it could be more stressful or it could result in cash crunches. So there's a statistic, Kim, that from Funbox that eighty one percent of small business invoices are thirty days or more past due. And there's a lot of entrepreneurs who are working hard in their business, but they're also going to work hard to collect payment from their creditors. And that creates cash flow crunches that can make it more difficult for them to take advantage of future opportunities. So I don't think credit is necessarily good or bad. I think it's a tool and it's how you use it that ends up determining whether it works for you.
1: Oh my gosh, yes. I think the reason why I'm glad that I didn't have it and I just had to be totally straightforward here or, you know, yeah, I guess straightforward would be the right word is that in the moments when I was deepest in a chronic idea disorder and hopping from one idea to the next, I also had the side symptom of shiny object syndrome. And I always thought that, you know, this next tool or this next course would help me make it big. But in all actuality, it was actually just finishing what I was working on that would help me get to the next level. (laughs) Mm. And when you don't finish anything, yeah, there's nothing to sell. So it wouldn't have mattered how many courses I bought or how many coaches I invested in. If I didn't just finish one darn thing, then I wasn't going to get anywhere. And that was a struggle for the longest time. This year, 2019, has probably been the first year that I've actually been focused on one thing. Okay, I'm focused on like two (laughs) I'm not going on anything else until I get these done, because I'm tired of not having finished products out there. The world needs them. Were you raised in a house that talked about finances or that was debt conscious?
0: Sort of. You know, my father's family was from a Mennonite background, and they're very focused on simplicity. And my father certainly likes uh he he's the type who would you know rather save the money. We never had a car with air conditioning till <laughs> till I was out of the house at least and my first car certainly was one of those. So we were raised really not to be too caught up in material things, but we all you know we all experience our own journeys, right? and I certainly. You know, as a young woman in DC wanted to have the right clothes and go to the right places and I've had debt and I've dealt with debt. And I've also had some debt that came about from business. So we started investing in real estate in Florida and we didn't make bad decisions. But then the two thousand eight downturn happened and everything just went south. And so we had a property that we had to rehab literally Rehab, I mean, holes in the wall kind of situation after each tenant three times. And that was very expensive and very painful. So I think no matter how well you prepare, there's, as a small business owner, there's always going to be challenges. Well, another story, Kim, I had a business partner who I did all this work with. We had a joint project together. He never paid me. And when, when we parted ways, he owed me at least forty grand for this project, and I never saw a penny for it. And when I tell that story, I hear from entrepreneurs all the time. They say, oh, yeah, I've had this client who didn't pay or that client who didn't pay. So there's all kinds of challenges that come along with being self-employed and being a small business owner that even if you're trying to do things right, you know, life doesn't always cooperate.
1: Oh my gosh. I completely hear that. I'm just thinking about a recent event, but I'm going to spare us all those details. But yes, I've been there multiple times and I've actually, I've had to get attorneys involved to help get paid. And it's not a pleasant place to be in. I was raised or well, my parents were divorced when I was young and neither my mom nor my dad ever really talked about money. We weren't taught about how to build good credit. Or the fact that, you know, if we had a personal credit card and we paid it off, don't close it. Keep it open. I never knew about those things. I didn't know, you know, what my minimum credit score should be. And it was a rough lesson. And then I got divorced in 2010 after around the same time that I closed that first business that I accrued a hundred thousand of debt for. But in the meantime, while I was building that first business, I was also affected by The downturn in the economy. I was an interior designer and I was designing schools
0: Mm. and
1: nobody wanted to pay for school renovations if they couldn't pay for their mortgage. And it was the tax, you know, bond issues that would have paid for those school renovations. So, you know, the bonds were not passed and I lost my job. But in effort to build my business, I racked up all this debt. Fast forward four years. I'm remarried, and my husband and I are trying to build a house, and I'm an entrepreneur, and my credit score sucks. And my husband really had no credit, so it was a little bit of an uphill battle to try to do that. I would love to know, though, if you don't mind me just sort of jumping all around, one thing that I have experienced is, well, the cash crunch like you were talking about. You know, I I travel quite a bit, I go to a hotel, and they want a credit card or a debit card to put a hold on. And when we're dealing with cash and we don't have a huge surplus, it's like, oh my gosh, I knew how much the hotel room was going to cost. I know what I need for you know food and all of that, but I wasn't accounting for that hold. And those are those times that I would have wished that I had a credit card. So it wouldn't have hit me that hard. But getting a credit card in the name of my business and building credit in the name of my business has been very difficult. Do you have any tips for entrepreneurs in general and or entrepreneurs like me who have maybe had those struggles in the past about how we can build credit for our business the smart way?
0: Yeah. So building credit for your business is a different process than building credit personally. It's not that difficult, but I want to touch first on the business credit card issue because the small business credit card issuers, all of them, all the major issuers make the decision based on the owner's personal credit which could be good or bad. If you have good credit, that means you could get a small business credit card even though your business isn't really making money yet. So I know business owners who have gotten a small business credit card, you know, 5 days after they set up their business because they're looking at the personal credit. Now in your case, the personal credit score isn't strong enough to get that small business credit card. So it's preventing you from being able to use that tool for your small business. And one of the things that I teach entrepreneurs is the fact that many small business credit cards do help build business credit because they do report to business credit agencies and some of them don't report to your personal credit. They check it to issue the card but after that they don't report to your personal credit maybe unless you default and so you can keep your activities or the debt of your business off your personal credit so they can be an advantage Now, here's what I'd say for you in your case, and that is that, or anybody like you, so it doesn't have to be you, but anybody like you who is building a business and they don't have strong personal credit. You can build business credit while you're working on your personal credit. I think both are important. So I try to emphasize both. And the way you can do that is you can get accounts from vendors who will give you 30 days to pay. They don't check personal credit. They don't report to personal credit, but they do report to business credit and they will help you build business credit if you pay on time. So examples are Uline, Granger, Quill, Suma office supplies. You can get your, you know, your inkjet refill for your copier. You could get shipping boxes, you could get trash can liners or cured cups for your office and you'd buy them through their, you know, through their catalog, and then you'd end up building business credit. I do have a list of those, Cam, at nav.com slash vendors, V-E-N-D-O-R-S. And that's an easy way to get started building business credit, even if you're still working on your personal credit. But again, I'm of the philosophy that if you work on both, you're gonna have more options and it's just gonna be easier and, and more flexible for you.
1: Thank you for that. Now, this is the part when I'm going to share my credit score. Just, <clears throat> just so that you listeners know what we're talking about here. My credit score is 570. And just to give you an idea, when we bought our house, the credit score needed to be at least 620. Now, when we bought our house, it was in my husband's name because they didn't even want to see my credit score as an entrepreneur. For a variety of issues, and there could be a whole another podcast about that someday. But a lot of my personal credit struggles have been because, well, number one, I have student loans, and those were often the things that were last paid, which shouldn't have happened. But then number two, I did try on multiple occasions to apply for business credit cards just for things like when I'm traveling for the hotels or for airfares. Like I would love to get frequent flyer miles off a credit card. And I know that those, I think, Jerry, correct me please if I'm wrong, those do little dings on your credit score. It's not a huge impact. It's it's paying my bills late that affects it more. But it's been a fun struggle. But that's exactly why I don't have a business credit card right now. Now I want to jump just for a moment. I was interested in a coaching program a couple years back, and. Because I don't have a credit card, you know, I couldn't charge it and the, the cash flow wasn't there. And the business owner suggested that I work with one of their financers who, when I talked to them, what came out was that they go and they, they have all these different credit agencies who don't even check your credit score, but they open up lines of credit in your name and then they take all those funds and they pay for whatever you wanted to buy. And it scared the heck out of me and I never proceeded because I was thinking, you know, I'm trying to improve my credit. This does not sound like a great way to do that. Opening up 10 new credit lines and maxing them out to pay for this coaching plan is not going to get me to the next level. What is your thought about, about plans like that?
0: Well, I don't know exactly what they were offering, but it sounds similar to the kinds of things, the reason why Garrett and I wrote Finance Your Own Business, and the reason I'm now at NAV, which offers all these services at no cost to entrepreneurs, is because there's a lot of promises out there that make it sound like if you pay enough money to us, we're going to get you around the system. And honestly, most lines of credit... Business lines of credit are either going to look at your personal credit score or your business revenues or both. It's hard to get approved for online business loans if you don't have either or, you know, good credit or strong revenues. Now, if your business was showing strong revenues, then there absolutely would be lending options available to you that are not going to rely. On your personal credit. I can tell you because at NAV, we work with over 100 different lending types across the country. I can tell you that a lot of them do do a soft credit check. So they'll do a soft personal credit check just to see if there's anything that, you know, might be a red red flag for them. The challenge is that those revenue-based financing sources are usually more expensive. So, there's no requirement in small business lending, unlike consumer lending, where when we go to look for a credit card or an auto loan or a mortgage, we look at the APR, right? We shop based on the APR, the annual percentage rate. No requirement in business credit yet. There's California law that is in the works, but no requirement. They show you that. And so, it can be very confusing, how much that financing often costs. And it's not unusual to see financing that costs 40%, 70%, 100%. There was a story in Forbes, Kim, about a hairdresser who was going to buy the hair salon where she worked. The owner wanted to sell. She got a term sheet for financing. It said 15% stated percentage. She thought 15%. That's not too bad. It was run through a calculator. And we offer these calculators free at NAV. Don't need a NAV account or you don't need to provide personal information, but we, it was run through one of these calculators and her APR for that 15% specified percentage, you want to guess what it was? 300%. Over 4,000% APR. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, you know, there's times when higher cost financing may make sense to take advantage of an opportunity, but unfortunately, I think a lot of business owners... They don't realize it's higher cost financing. They don't realize what they're getting into. And maybe they don't even really know specifically how that financing, what their margins is and how it's going to help them make money. And so that's when they end up trapped, right? It's just like you, and I loved, I love, love, love your expression about, what was it? Not finishing syndrome? What did you call it? Oh,
1: chronic idea disorder.
0: Yes, chronic yeah. idea disorder. So there's a lot of businesses, will think that money will solve the problem. But you're so clear about what the problem is, and now you're focusing on the real problem, and money wouldn't solve that problem unless I suppose you hired someone to actually finish it for you.
1: <laughs> then maybe it would, but. Which I you, will not deny I have been doing.
0: Yeah, so you're clear about the problem, you're clear how the money is going to help you accomplish that. And that doesn't always happen. And so sometimes business owners get trapped in really expensive financing and then they go back to the well and it's just a vicious circle. So I don't want to be completely negative. There's so many cool things happening among small business owners, but I do want them to understand these minefields so that they can avoid them as much as possible and try to make smarter decisions. (laughs)
1: I wanted to take a quick break from today's episode and ask you if you need to take a break from your business. Maybe you're working too many hours. Maybe you're trying to work on too many things. Maybe you have too many clients who just really aren't aligned with your greater purpose. If this sounds like you, I want to offer you an opportunity to join the Positive Productivity Pod, my monthly mentorship and coaching community. For only a dollar, you can jump in, get started, and enjoy 10 days in the community where you will meet so many awesome entrepreneurs. And then twice a month, you'll be able to hop on a live call with all of us and get the feedback that you need in that very moment for your business. If you're interested in starting today for only a dollar, head on over to thekimsutton.com forward slash pod to get started. What would be your top five tips for entrepreneurs in general? What should we be considering on a day-to-day basis or a year-to-year basis when we're trying to strengthen the financial integrity of our business?
0: Well, first of all, I would encourage you to have a mentor. So there's just plenty of research around business owners who have mentors that they're more successful, they become profitable more fast, more quickly. And so I would definitely find a business mentor so that you have someone to bounce these things off of. Owning a business is so isolating often. And so you often feel like you're there by yourself and maybe your spouse can be objective, but maybe or maybe not. Maybe I mean, their finances are intertwined with you too. Friends may not understand what you're doing, et cetera. So that's first. The second thing I focus, you know, a lot on credit and financing. So the second thing I would say is, be prepared before something comes along. And it doesn't have to be a crisis. It could be an opportunity for your business where you discover that, let's say you discover, Kim, that a particular marketing funnel is just working great for you. And if you could invest in some paid social media advertising, you could quadruple your profits. And I know business owners and bloggers who have done this, right? But you don't have a credit card to pay up front for those. And you may not see the return for, 30, 60 days. So having access to credit so that you can invest in something that's working or an opportunity that comes along could be very valuable. So even if you're thinking, I'm just a bootstrapper, think about being prepared. J.P. Morgan Chase has studied 600,000 small businesses and they discovered that median small business out of these 600,000 had 27 days of cash worth available. 27 days, that's not much. It could be a natural disaster. It could be a physical problem that you go through where it sets you back and it's something related to your location. You lose a lease, whatever it is, that's not a lot. So you wanna build that runway as long as you can and financing can help you do that and one way to do that is to start building business credit and if you don't have strong personal credit you know bit by bit chipping away at that the sooner you start the sooner you see results because one thing with FICO scores is that Older information carries less weight. So every single month that goes by, that those negative payments, as long as they aren't continuing, they're becoming older and they're carrying less weight. So if you have positive on-time payments now, those eventually help outweigh that. So there's just a lot of little things you can do. And I can share a link for our business credit building checklist where you can go down the process. But business owners who are proactive about it often see good success and they see it more quickly and they don't have to spend a ton of money on some of these programs that, you know, that make promises that may or may not materialize.
1: I love that. For any listeners who are wondering, I had looked into credit repair services. I had considered bankruptcy, but the sort of funny thing about bankruptcy is when you're already struggling financially and you need 2500 to file for bankruptcy, it's sort of hard. So I couldn't do it. And then i I've been working on slowly digging myself out of the hole. But one of the things that happened was that one of the credit cards that I had, you know, a decade ago, they ended up doing a charge off. And in 2016, that was counted as income. The IRS ended Mm up, it was reported to the IRS and that Mm -hmm. ended up being counted as income. And because 2016 was a relatively low financial or income year for us, we had gotten a refund. So when the IRS saw that, you know, $25,000 of additional, quote, income come in, Mm -hmm. they wanted a refund on their refund. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting how it all, the the older stuff will sometimes slide off. I'm not trying to say just don't pay it at all, Mm -hmm. people. I'm not at all trying to say that. The older stuff, exactly like Jerry says, doesn't impact you as much, but it does come back and bite you in the butt if you don't take care of it.
0: It can. It can. And Kim, did you try at all to get that 1099C income, not to pay taxes on it? Did you try to dispute that?
1: I have to say, I didn't even know that that was an option.
0: See, this it is. is where it is. Yes. So we'll have to follow up on this. But for anyone who gets a 1099C, which is the IRS form that reports cancellation of indebtedness income, there is a form you can fill out, Form 982, I believe. I wrote a lot about this about five years ago when everybody was getting hit with these forms. Form 982. And basically, you fill it out. And if at the time that that debt was forgiven, you were basically the IRS definition of insolvent, which doesn't mean what we think is insolvent, means means you owed more than your assets were worth at that time, then you can fill out this form and get the IRS to waive that as income. So Kim, you're going up on a three-year mark. I'm not a tax expert, but I would like you to go back and look at this because you may be able to get that refund back. I will give you some resources for this. But if anyone else is listening and this has happened to them, you may be able to avoid paying taxes on that canceled debt income.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, I can tell you (laughs) we owed a lot more than we had in our possession. But yeah, that would be so fascinating. When we were just starting our journey to buy a house, I was listening a lot to Dave Ramsey. And the reason why I bring this up is for any listeners who are working on repairing your credit. One of the things that Dave Ramsey talks a lot about is having zero debt and no credit cards. But he's basically talking about not having a zero credit score, but having no credit score, right? Mm -hmm. So, What are your thoughts about that? Because to me, that sounds really
0: dangerous. I mean, don't we need something? Or what is your opinion? I think Dave Ramsey has done a lot of good for a lot of people. Agreed. And I know people who have followed his approach. I even profiled a couple who have no credit score. But when you're self-employed, I think it can create additional challenges for you. And again, there's nothing wrong with bootstrapping a business, but there are going to be opportunities that come along that may be capital intensive. And I'll just give you a quick story. I was on a webinar for accountants and one of the participants reached out to me afterwards and she said, on the side I sell... Pandora jewelry and a local jeweler is going out of business. He's liquidating, and I need it was several hundred thousand dollars. I don't remember exactly how much, but it's a lot of money. I need the cash to buy that inventory. I know how much I can make off of it, but she needed access to capital quickly to be able to take advantage of that opportunity. And it can be very hard to scale many types of business without access to capital. And many lenders will check business credit scores or personal credit scores, or both. So as an entrepreneur, I would encourage you, doesn't mean you have to carry debt, doesn't mean you have to pay interest, but I would encourage you to have a good credit score because it's going to open up so many more opportunities for you to get affordable financing and to leverage you know, other people's money to grow your business. So I have a little bit different take than Dave on that. I think you can be responsible with credit. I love my rewards. I do so much with my travel miles on my credit card. And uh, I don't want to give that up. But at least at this point in my life, and there have been points in my life where I had credit card debt, but at least at this point, I'm paying in full each month. So I'm not paying a price for those rewards that I'm earning.
1: I can see that for sure. And just knowing what business expenses I pay on a monthly basis. I mean, everything from Infusionsoft to Tailwind to everything in between. I mean, there's probably $2,500 to $3,000 in business expenses every month. That would add up really fast just for the rewards. Are there positive assets besides a, you know, a bank account with money in it and a steady stream of income? What are, if there are any goals that we should be working
0: towards as far as assets go for our business that will help us with our score. So when it comes to your credit scores for your business, you know, having accounts that show up on your business credit is key. And we have right now, so NAV is similar to Credit Karma for small business. So people see their free business and personal credit scores in our platform, and then we match them to financing. And we have over a million small business owners who have, you know, access to their scores through the NAV platform. And it's not unusual at all. For us to see business owners who have been in business maybe 10 years, they're paying bills, they're paying everything on time, and they don't have accounts that report to business credit. So it's not quite like personal credit where if you get a mortgage, you get a car loan, you get an auto loan you can assume it's going to show up on all three credit reports. With business credit, they might report to Dun & Bradstreet and not to Experian, or they might report to Equifax, but not the other two, or they might not report at all. And so it is a process where you have to be more proactive generally than with personal credit. But on the other hand... And this is my observation. But although I think we have some research at this and on this at NAV, I see people having success more quickly building business credit. And my theory there is that because most business owners aren't doing anything, they don't even know business credit exists, then those who are proactive, you know, will see results more quickly. And they'll start seeing their credit get established and seeing their business credit scores go up and that, you know, opens the opportunity. So it's a little bit of work, but I think over time, the payoff is well worth the investment of the time to do that.
1: Thank you so much. What are you most passionate about in the work that you do?
0: I love helping people. I just love helping people. I've answered over 10,000 credit questions online. I take emails and someone just texted me a credit question after a workshop. And I love helping people. So I really love being at NAV because this is the first time I was there when consumers first got access to their personal credit reports. And so I used to do workshops where I'd say, anyone know what their FICO score is? And people would give me this deer in the headlights look like, FICO, what are you talking about? I've never heard of this. So I saw that evolve to where consumers became much more empowered and proactive and understood you know, what was going on. So now I get to do that on the business side and working with small business owners is so much fun. They're so passionate. They're so excited about the, what they're doing. They're willing to put in the work because they want to be successful. So I think I have one of the best jobs in the world right now.
1: I love hearing you say that because it just goes to show, and I say this with all respect, we all have our own genius zone, and subject matter that we are super passionate about. Because for me, credit scores have just been a major thorn in my side. And I Mm -hmm. maybe someday when I don't have a 570 score, I'll be more passionate about helping people with it (laughs) when I know Mm -hmm. how to get out of it myself. But I love hearing your passion about it. So thank you very much. Now, could
0: you tell us more about what NAV does and how you support business owners over there? Sure. So we are the first site to show business owners free business credit data. Until NAV came along, business owners had to pay 70, 90, 120 bucks to see their own business credit reports. There's no federal law that covers business credit. Anyone can check it. There's no requirement they tell you if they did check it. There's no requirement they give you a free report once a year or if you're turned down for credit. So it's often a mystery. And our co-founder Levi King, he's had five serial businesses. His first was signed manufacturing, as I mentioned, in Idaho. And he learned the hard way how credit works, but what it could do for him as well. So he started from absolutely nothing to, I think it was about a half a million dollars in credit lines available by the time he was 30. And he is very passionate himself about... About this education process. He had he had his last business before NAV was a super broker helping get business owners loans and he was really frustrated because so many people would apply and get turned down and he would know that they were either going to go out and get crappy financing or go out and get no financing but either way it wasn't going to be good for their business. So he said, what if we were educating them and helping them learn what I learned so that they could get better financing? And I didn't know it at the time, but I was on a similar track because I had written the book, Finance Your Own Business with Garrett Sutton. I ended up um, interviewing Levi King for my book, not knowing that I would end up here. And it all converged to where my mission was very much mission aligned with what NAV is doing. So now I'm there full time. So you come to NAV, you put in the name of your business. If you don't have business credit, we have a tool to walk you through building business credit will show you your personal credit scores. And then, and this is all free, and then we'll invite you to link your bank account as read only, but that gives us your revenue information. So then we have the key elements of what lenders are looking for. We know your time in business, your personal and business credit scores, and your revenues. And with that, we can show you financing offers with our match factor to help you understand which ones are a fit. And again, we work with over 100 different lenders across the country. We don't sell your information to lenders. We use the platform to show you what's available to you so you can find the best financing that fits for your situation right now, and then also tools to build stronger credits so you can get better financing in the future.
1: I love how you just brought up linking your bank account because you actually just inspired a huge question. So when I've had declines for business credit, and often it was because of lack of evidence of income earned, Because the money wasn't going into my bank account. My invoices are paid through PayPal. But yep, they wanted to see it in the bank account. Right. And that was a huge aha to me. And actually, we're switching our whole accounting system for a variety of reasons, but we're switching from... I'll just tell you where we're switching to. We're going to QuickBooks because we can invoice and that will be directly deposited into the bank account now instead of into PayPal. I mean, we've had consistent twenty to
0: $30,000 months, but because they were all going into PayPal, it didn't really help much. That's such a good point. And, you know, what PayPal has done very smartly on their end is they're now extending financing based on your PayPal receivables, but it's not unusual. It's hard to find their cost structure. They advertise it as fees and they don't really translate it to an APR. So again, that's where the calculators come in, nav.com slash calculator. I think it's singular. You'll see all these calculators. If you translate it to an APR, a lot of times you're looking at like 30% APR. And what I say to the business owners, if if you have a business credit card at 18% and you have another lender offering you financing at 30%, maybe 18% is the way it sounds high, but maybe it's the best option for you right now. So you brought up two things. One is that the revenues are so important to demonstrate to lenders. That's a big part of much of small business lending and it impacts you like getting a mortgage, et cetera. And then secondly, that if you're beholden to this one source like that, you're not going to get the other competing offers because they don't know what's going on in your business, right? So I love the approach that you're taking and the direction that you're going to get that money into your own business bank account so you can demonstrate your credit worthiness of your business.
1: Oh my gosh, we have actually used the working capital loans that PayPal mm-hmm. offers, but I never thought about what the APR was. So just to give you an example, yes, it is a fee that they put on top of the total value of the loan. So like one of our working capital loans was 10,500, mm-hmm. and then there was a $1,100 fee that went on top. Mm-hmm. And it took About eight months to pay off. And what we agreed to was that every payment that came in, we would pay 30% of it back to PayPal. Yep. That's how you pay off your loan with them. So they automatically take it out of your account every time you get a payment in Correct. But that makes yeah. me wonder what that APR actually...
0: Yeah, we'll you. have to run it through one of the calculators to see what it... See, although I don't know. I Don't be discouraged because, hey, it, it may be the best option for you right now. I don't... It was the only option. times when it makes sense, right? So, it's yeah. the only option. And yeah. sometimes that makes sense, but I do want business owners to know so they can figure out, okay, what's best for my business. And you're moving in the right direction, Kim, because about 20% of small business owners don't have a business bank account. And I'm not saying you don't have one, but in your case, you weren't having all the revenue come through it. And the interestingly, the statistics are higher for female-owned businesses that they don't use a separate business bank account. And that's, to me, just a minimum step that you want to have a separate bank account to keep track of your business revenues, because if not, it's harder at tax time. And also, it just makes it more difficult to really assess Assess the financial health of your business, because you really don't have that clear picture. Maybe you do it tax time. Maybe you don't. Maybe you just give it all to your accountant. But you really want that clear picture of what's going on in your business.
1: If I can be totally transparent for a moment, part of the reason why I was resistant to actually using my bank account more, and I have had one for several years, was because of a situation I got myself into. I had opened up a business bank account when I first started the business in 2012. And I had asked the banker, to turn off the overdraft. Is that what it is? Like when Mm -hmm. you try to use your debit card, but the funds aren't in there and it hadn't been shut off. And we were still very much in a growth phase. But, you know, when I set up the, let's just use Infusionsoft for an example, the $200 monthly recurring charge on my business debit or on my debit account for my checking account and the funds aren't there, all of a sudden I got hit with a $35 overdraft fee. And then... Mm. five more charges try to go through because I'm trying to send everything there because that's where I wanted the funds to be. But all of a sudden I have $225 in overdraft fees and no mm. money to show for it. I was like, oh my gosh. So I was resistant, but then I found, and I just want to put this out there, I have a great local credit union. I just need to say that the bankers are less corporate and more friendly. To me, they're, they were there to serve me and not to serve the company that they were working for. And they said, oh, yeah, well, we can shut that off. Here, let me show you. I'm going to do it right now. Ding, done. And I still don't have charges going through there. Yes, I'm getting my cash back bonuses through PayPal, but that's what I would eventually like to do. And that's what will be happening is everything will be going through there. But it's a scary thing when those those overdraft charges just keep on stacking up. Sometimes I can feel like that pit that you just can't get out of.
0: Absolutely. And there's a lot more consumer protection when it comes to consumer credit cards, consumer bank accounts than there is for business. And so you do have to really think through these options and be more proactive than you might even be as a consumer, which is already a lot of work for a lot of us.
1: I want you to share the title of your book, but do you have a couple other recommended readings that you could recommend to the listeners?
0: Yeah, so Finance Your Own Business is my latest book with small business attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton, and that's going to cover a lot of what we talked about today as well as different financing options. I can also share a link where you can download uh, my business credit building checklist, which is just basically a simple checklist on how to build business credit. That's free. And then I have a number of e-guides that I've written for NAV on things like financing and personal credit strategies for entrepreneurs and other guides that may be helpful. So on the financing side and credit side... Those are the resources I'd recommend, and of course, hopefully getting a NAV account too, so you can start seeing what's happening with your business credit and stay on top of it.
1: Fabulous. And listeners, just so you know, all the links will be in the show notes, which you can find at thekimsutton.com forward slash pp595. Jerry, is it nav.com or where is yes. That the best?
0: Okay, awesome. Yep. Nav.com, and if you go to slash podcast, so nav.com, N-A-V, is in Victor, dot com, slash podcast, that's where the free business credit building checklist is, and there's additional information offers on that page if you decide you want a NAV premium account, which gives more detailed reports and other benefits that there's a coupon code to put the word podcast in there and get a free month of premium, but the basic NAV account is always free, no credit card required, and checking does not affect your credit score, so... So check away and monitor and build that credit.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much. Jerry, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today. You've provided me a lot of insight. I know you've provided the listeners insight as well. Listeners, I would love to hear what ahas you've gotten out of today's episode. So please head on over to thekimsutton.com forward slash pp595 and leave a comment below the show notes. Jerry, thank you so much again. It was a Absolute pleasure chatting with you. Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you could share with listeners?
0: Yeah, I think my parting piece of advice is to that saying of fix the roof while the sun is shining. So take care of these tasks while your business isn't in a crisis, and then you're going to have a lot more options and flexibility. If something good or something not so good comes along, you're going to be able to fall back on all that groundwork that you did ahead of time.